I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories. My name is Rain Bennett. I will be your host. And today we're going to talk about audio. Audio in storytelling. So as a filmmaker, audio is extremely important. Uh, it's 50% of, of your video. You got your visual visuals and then you have your audio. But the thing is, it actually weighs more than the video. And here's why I say that. Hear me out. If you see a film and you're in a theater and the visuals are okay, maybe the camera's a little shaky, a little out of focus... You can tell that it you know, was kind of run and gun style or maybe low budget, but there's good, clean, crisp, clear audio. You're going to enjoy that experience way more than if you have beautifully, foot, beautifully shot footage with terrible audio. Think about some glossy, you know, whatever, like a high budget film, a, a, an action film or a superhero film. And then you just hear they're, they're completely off mic and they're just, uh, hey, um, blah, blah, blah. And you hear a little hiss. Uh, you hear a little hiss in the microphone when your favorite Avenger is uh, is giving his speech before they rally back. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. So it's at least 50% of your, of your video, but most audio engineers that I would talk to would claim that it weighs a lot more in importance. Watch a video or a movie with poorly produced audio and see, see what your experience is like. It's the first sign to indicating that you're either really low budget or don't know what you're doing or a combination of both. Um, in my film raise up that we made, there was one. Okay. Listen, I first want to preface this with saying I shot this all by myself, one microphone, one camera, one tripod, one little led light all by myself around the world. And I'm not that great at this stuff. Um, so for the most part, we did pretty well. I understand that you had to get the mic close. That's like the first rule, right? Get the microphone close to your subject's voice. 
Um, we, it was pretty close, but we were in a bad area. Uh, we were in like a hallway, very echoey. And this was um, this was a key interview with a key subject. And it just it's one of those things that is still in the movie. We did everything we could. We doctored it up and doctored it up as much as we could, you know, without making him sound like a robot, which that it'll do that. Uh, when you're trying to take out Echo and add bass, um, eventually you can get to the point where they just don't sound human. And th- that's even like more distracting, right? Uh, I find that if you can at least see something that's causing the issue, like if you see someone in the background or hear the dog barking and you see that dog, it's like not as confusing to our heads. But if you just hear the audio off or hear something in the background, like a siren or an airplane, and and, and you don't see that visually, so you can connect those pieces, it's super distracting. So even this audio with the echo is distracting, but if we made it worse by docking it too much, you know, it, it could it could have uh, ended up even, um, even less quality sounding. So we doctored it like we, as best we could, and we had music under it, and I don't think most people could tell, but I can still tell when I watch it, and it makes me cringe. And one time we had a screening, a test screening in New York, and I had a buddy who was from the music business, and he was like, yeah, man, I really liked uh, the whole movie, but dude, there was just this one guy's uh, interview that I couldn't get over, and I was like... <laughs> I just wanted to cry because I could do nothing to fix it at that point. But it is, it was what it was, right? We made the movie, we got it out there. Ultimately, I'm happy with it and you just have to move on. But it was a lesson learned. And still sometimes I, I, I mess up and it's something you I constantly, constantly try to focus on because as I've already said, if you have crappy audio and great video, it's going to feel low quality. So that's the first thing I want us to try to approach is when we're starting out, and I'm going to speak still from like the video or filmmaking aspect of things. When we're first starting out, we don't have much of equipment. We all have, you know, a, a, a smartphone that we can use. And it does have a microphone on it, but it's pretty terrible, just like a lot of the other features uh, for the video. It's getting better. This is like a six. There's like, you know, my girlfriend just got the 10. Uh, which is still a year year late, and the video look a lot, looks a lot better. I don't know about the audio, though, but one rule is just to get it closer to the subject. But as soon as you can, get some audio equipment. For the iPhones, there's plugins, There's lavalier mics that go right into the headphone jack for the iPhone 10 users. I guess it goes into the, uh, the other port. I don't know. I'm old school. Um, but there's a lot of simple, simple... Uh, tools that you can get, like that little clip-on mic that you can put in there. Uh, for me, right now, also very old school, uh, a Zoom audio recorder, that's an H4n. I think there's the H6n now. They might even have something newer. Uh, that's a really good audio recorder where it has microphones on it. Uh, it has inputs for the mini plug for X, uh, XLR, which is I'm using now, and it's pretty versatile for a little a tough little guy like that. So... I want us all to focus on audio and realize how important it is. When you can get a boom operator there if you're shooting video, that's that's just crucial. I mean, you see your basic like skeleton crew if you ever see any like picture of an indie film crew is like the the, the DP, director of photography, the guy behind the guy or girl behind the camera, uh, the boom operator. And then like the director or producer, maybe maybe a, a, a client or maybe a PA off to the side. Um, so that audio, is, as soon as you can get somebody there, um, 
that's helpful. In terms of your storytelling, your visual storytelling, there's there's a lot there's a lot that it brings to the table, but if you can't hear what people are saying and it doesn't sound quality, it's going to be super distracting and it won't pull in your audience so that they can latch on to that story, right? In film and video, there's also a lot of other audio devices that we can use, right? Sound effects. Sound effects are huge. You know, you hear, you don't see anything. You just see the horizon and the desert. And then you hear the pitter patter of like hoof beats. And you know, oh, a horse is coming, right? There's a way to build up tension, which as we know, everything is, is tension when we're, when we're telling stories. So sound effects can be really, really popular. And also aid, aid your storytelling in, in a ton of different creative ways. So think about that. What's something that you can... Uh, I'm working on a film right now, and it's about a a, a biker. Uh, it's a documentary. It's like a little short do- documentary video. And all we have is a picture of her on the bike uh, back in the day, like an old archive, archive photo. So to me, if you add just a little bit of like sound effects of, of like a motorcycle revving up, then that gives a little bit more depth to that scene, right? If we hear her talking and she's like, yeah, you know, I was riding my bike down Route 66, whatever, and you hear, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> like, like it just gives you a little more, uh, a little more elements to to play with, which can make everything a little more enjoyable and engaging for your audience. Okay, and it's okay to be a little campy and a little cheesy with it, right? Depends on the tone that you're going for. Some sound effects can really convey that. They can convey a lot of different things. That's the point. So you have a whole new tool at your arsenal. Um, for your arsenal um, when you use sound effects. Probably my favorite tool, audio tool, when it comes to filmmaking is music. Um, I am the type of person, like, so many, all of my favorite scenes in movies are tied to the song that's playing in them. Uh, like, Carlito's way when Joe Cocker's You Are So Beautiful plays when, she, when he busts down the door. When Nico, you know, Royal Tenenbaums, when Gwen, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow steps off the bus and Nico, uh, Nico's These Days start playing. Um, just, uh, I mean, there's a ton, right? But the soundtrack, and I think uh, certain directors have really hands-on approaches. Uh, one of the shows I'm watching right now is Billions, created by Brian Koppelman and David, David Levine. It's obvious they're music nerds and they have complete control over what songs are used. And that is like a whole nother thread woven into the fabric of their storytelling. Like it's a character. It's a piece of the story. It is such a, such an element. It's not just something in there to like, to, to fill out the scene. It is a, it is a character in the scene. And that's something that I love. Like that music comes in and it plays just as big, just as big of a role as what we're seeing visually, what, uh, what the characters are saying, etc. So, your music choices are huge. There's a ton of stock music choices that you can choose out there. I really hate stuff that sounds really corporate-y, but I do corporate projects, but it's still, uh, I still take the extra time. Some people hate this. I kind of like searching for cool songs. I like to find find something that sounds like a band, essentially. It doesn't matter what genre, but I want it to sound like real music and not just like completely corporate-y, even if it's a corporate project, right? You can convey so much. The explosions in the, st- in the sky style that Friday Night Lights made popular, like that's in any like epic... Uh, highlight video or calisthenics video in in that world or fitness video, you hear that still used, you know, from like 10 plus years ago. But 
Um, there's a ton. You can just Google royal royalty-free uh, stock music. You, some of it you can get for free and just use for a credit. Just say, hey, this music was provided by, etc. Some you have to pay a little licensing fee or a large licensing fee, depending on how you use it. Uh, and then sometimes I reach out to local musicians a lot, people that want to get their music out there and they're willing to do it for cheap or free, especially if I am making the soundtrack for a documentary that I don't really have a budget for. For Raise Up, uh, there's a lot of people behind this movement and a lot of uh, upcoming hip-hop artists, uh, local and and national, that were a part of it. And then some bigger artists that were that blessed us with they, uh, using their songs because they supported the culture. So you just got to see like what could be in it for the other person, you know? Um, and what could be in it other than money if, if you don't have a big budget. So... Music is huge. Sound effects are huge. Obviously, the dialogue is huge. We also have voiceover, right? Narration. That's uh, whether we're doing an animated film or like Royal Tenenbaums, where we have uh, we have somebody coming in and actually narrating the you know the chapters as we as we move along. That narration um, obviously is a big character in the film. Obviously, is a big tool in the film. Most of the time, that's done in the studio. Sometimes it's done right here in your home office like I'm doing today. But uh, if I was recording, like we're working on a film right now called Finding Croatoan, where I will be doing the voiceover for that. It's a documentary. I'm going to go to uh, my co-producing, well, my producing partner, David Studio, who has a nice little uh, recording booth. And that's where we're going to do that with a big microphone and soundproofing and all that good stuff. Uh, But voiceover is definitely a tool that you can use. It's one that I would use, try to be creative with it, right? Narration can also, especially in documentary or if we're telling the story of your company or your organization, narration can be a way, can be kind of a drag. Like it can, it can bore us and make us feel like it's that, you know, eighth grade history documentary that the substitute teacher rolls in because they don't know how to teach. And so they bring in a movie that you watch for an hour and it's just this terrible, like, public television, boring ass documentary. So be careful that your narration is not that, that monotone, like wah, 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 and making people go to sleep, but it's an engaging tool, an engaging voice that you have, you know, a character in the film, right? Raise up. Uh, I got my friend uh, Don Stone, who is a hip hop artist and, and producer, and he's been, in, been in, and he's in the film industry now. And he's from Brooklyn, New York. He's from Brownsville, and he has that New York accent, right? He understands the culture, and so when him, with him being the narrator of that film, it made sense, right? It added to the, the like I like to say, it added to the fabric. It ad- added to the tone, to the feel of the film, to the character of the film, all of that, right? So think wisely, choose wisely. There's a lot of great sites out there too. I used Voices.com uh, recently. And there's, there's, there's a ton of options out there if you want to get a professional. I highly recommend it. There's a lot of, lot of tools on the internet that you can get cheap quality work that may be from other overseas or just may be easier for people to, to pump it out at their own home studio, right? So use something like that. Get a professional. Don't just have any old body read it unless they are really good on camera. If you're good on camera... It should be the same in audio. Sometimes people are good at audio, but they clam up on camera, right? So, but you at least you at least have to have the ability to talk where it doesn't feel like you're reading things, right? Be personable. Be a real person. Okay, 
So I want to segue a little bit because this is not the only way to use audio, especially these days in storytelling. I'm super excited because audio is a big part of what I do for a living in terms of video. But now we're starting to see all these other different ways that we can use it, like, I don't know, podcast. Podcast it completely changed the game, right? This is a way for us to get across to our audience, communicate with them, engage with them, you know, directly to our consumer, to our customer, to our client, to our audience, whomever, right? Uh, back in the day, to have a radio station or a radio station, like a radio program at a radio station, uh, I mean, there was huge, that had to be like a career path for you. There were huge barriers to entry and gatekeepers, and it was just as like, just as wild of a thought as like being a movie star, right? It wasn't impossible, but that really had to be something you were going after. Now we all have the ability to just speak into a microphone and broadcast it. I'm shooting video for this, but we don't have to shoot video for it. You can just record audio and broadcast it to the world to whomever your audience is, right? And the beautiful thing about podcasts versus video is, video, I've gotta be sitting here looking at my computer, looking at my mobile device and watching. Audio for podcasts, most of the time people are doing that when they're doing chores around the house, when they're cleaning. I just got done shaving and trimming my beard. I was listening to, well, I was listening to an audio book to be fair, but still, same thing. Uh, driving, working out, etc. You don't have to be fully engaged. You can be doing multiple things. And in 2018, everybody loves to multitask. So podcasts are huge. And let's take that brief little tangent and just talk about audiobooks. It's the same thing, but it's a beautiful way to to, to ingest that material um, and deliver that material. So if you have an ebook or a PDF, it might be worth it for you to put that in audio format too. Give people options. You know what I'm saying? Back to podcasts, it's not just, you know, one person talking to you uh, like this, like like we're doing right now. It's not just having one or two or multiple guests on your show. It can also be storytelling, actual storytelling, which that's really exciting for me. You know, The, the Moth is probably one of the most popular. It's a storytelling uh, event all over the country in big cities like New York and San Francisco and uh, I think Asheville and North Carolina has them. I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to, to, uh, to participate. But those are actual stories. I think they're like around 20 minutes or something like that. I do compete and participate in a local version in North Carolina called The, uh, the Monty, which is very similar to The Moth. They have uh, periodic, like, I don't know if it's once a month or once a quarter, uh, storytelling events where it's about 12 minutes and people tell a real-life story, but they curate those. But once a month, they have what's called story slams, and some people have uh, maybe heard of this concept, or you might have heard of a, a spoken word slam or a poetry slam or something like that. So this is a much more condensed uh, version where eight people get up, and you have a predetermined theme, but you're not sure if you're going to get called or not. And they pull names out of a hat and you have five minutes to tell a story on that theme and you get voted on by judges. And that's something that I started competing in uh, last year. I won my first one. I was able to compete in the Grand Slampionship. Uh, and that's been such a fun experience for me. But it's a whole new way to learn how to tell stories because now, even though you're live with people, it's still audio. It's still the same thing, right? Yes, I can use my body. And I can give them a few more elements to work with. But now I'm thinking about, okay, maybe does a sound effect work here? If I'm talking about uh, my dad banging on the door, do I do I hit the microphone? You know? Uh, 
you know, how do I change my voice? You know, a lot of times, a lot of people that don't do well in these storytelling competitions, there's no character. They're speaking monotone. They don't change their voice at all when they're uh, speaking in the voice of the scary lady next door or whatever. So that's helped me tremendously in figuring out new ways that I can impact people and affect people just using audio, right? Sure, they can see me. Um, facial expressions and body movement, body language all plays into that. But I think the one carrying the weight there is audio. You might want to look into it, right? See if you can start going to some of those storytelling events if they're in your community, maybe even participating. It will sharpen the skill. It will sharpen the blade. Trust me. Back to podcasts. Of course, you've got things like TED Talks, which are more of a presentation, but there's probably storytelling woven in there. But there's also, in the past few years, we've seen uh, the rise of these 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 podcasts that aren't, aren't people on stage in real life telling stories, but they're actual fictional or uh, nonfiction stories that are being told like a film or a documentary would be told. This American Life created Serial, which is probably the most popular, if not definitely one of them which is true life, true crime stories, which true crime, that genre is just huge right now, uh, whether it's in film or documentary or, uh, or audio. So Serial was a big, a big example of that. But there's also fictional stories. Uh, one that I liked was called Limetown, which was kind of like very X-Files-y, supernatural uh, mystery story. Uh, then you have, uh, you know, my girl Issa Rae. I know Issa Rae has gotten really popular with HBO's Insecure, but I knew, you know, I followed her from um, the uh, Awkward Black Girl series, Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, and also a show that she produced on YouTube called uh, First, which I really love. She um, she just executive produced that show. But then a couple, I think it was two years ago, maybe, um, she got a contract for and and a, a podcast a season of a podcast called what was it i forget it was about a gay um football player in the nfl it might have i think it was a true story or based off of a true story um it was fruit it was called fruit so now you're starting to see all these other opportunities to tell stories fiction or non-fiction through audio and i think that's super super exciting but that's not all that we have available to us. If you talk to certain people these days, there's a belief, and I'm I'm kind of one on the bandwagon there, that audio is really going to shape and shift things for the future. We've seen it with podcasts, which have been out for, I mean, what year is it now? 2018, I mean, over 10 years, but in the popularity in the past five years and three years and two years has skyrocketed to where now everybody has a podcast, Right. So that's not the only thing that we have now, just like Twitter was like micro blogging, we have little bite-sized audio bits that we can deliver to our audience too. Check this out. Alexa, play my flash briefings. Wait for it. Here's your flash briefing from Gary V365. You say 99% of the things around us don't matter. Might be non not suitable for work. The reason I'm obsessed with optimism, the reason I love being all right alexa stop playing that alexa stop playing my flash briefings please so that was gary come on alexa alexa stop playing that one worked so 
coincidentally, maybe not so coincidentally, that was Gary Vee, who is one of the biggest proponents of audio right now. And that is him using flash briefings. And all he did there was take some of his larger audio content and break it down into bite-sized little uh, flash briefings, as, as they're called for the uh, Amazon Echo. But they're very short little bites, and that's an awesome way to deliver content. Think about it. So audio is everything is almost everything right it's 50% of your video if not more it's like your right hand man it's number two right and sometimes number two is actually more important than number one number one gets all the glory that's your star but number two is often the one that holds the ship together right that keeps the team running tight that's audio right that's it's super important and there's so many different things that we can use it uh use it with or ways we can use it for our visual storytelling. So your dialogue, get the microphone close, make sure you can hear people. Music, oh my gosh, it's everything. Find great music that helps carry your story along, right? It helps carry your scene along and your story along. Sound effects, I don't know, boom, 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 boom. Hear the heartbeat, right? Show us that you're building some tension. And then voiceover, when you need to use it, make sure that your narration has character and is a character. But it's not just for video anymore. There's so many tools that we have out there with audio. Podcast, obviously. This is such a great way to reach your audience and communicate with them, to tell new stories, to take content that you have already out there, like we listen with the Flash Briefing with Gary Vee, and extract the audio and use that as a new piece of content to get out there, right? It's all about repurposing and not and getting double for our dollar, right? Not having to record, record, record every single thing that we want to do, but take the big pieces, break them up into little pieces that we can throw into a blog or into a podcast, right? For our audio. So think about the different creative ways that you can use audio to tell your stories. There's a whole bunch of them out there. All you got to do is look and all you got to do is listen. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening, and join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.